I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about transitioning a family business. And here with us today, again with us today, is Bill Kennedy, our M&A shareholder. Bill, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know we've talked to you before and, and what you do at Lutz. Sure. So I've been here at Lutz for year number 30. Jeez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I've seen a lot. I was on, uh, you know, when it was small, working on all kinds of different businesses, different types of services, but over the years got focused in business valuation and merger and acquisition work and a lot of just what I call transition planning, whether it's a business owner has to eventually transition their business to employees, their family, or a third party. And it's one of those is going to happen. So spent a lot of my time working with businesses there. So I have a lot of experience, been to a lot of training. It's kind of one of my, I call it, it's it's my most important thing we do speech is helping our business owners figure out where to go. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Well, I know we spoke about it briefly Saturday night over a couple sodas at the Christmas party, but then it got me excited to kind of at least learn about it and understand, you know, transition specifically with, you know, family businesses. But, you know, in preparation for this, I was reading a couple articles and these are just some interesting statistics from Harvard Business Review says that according to the Family Business Institute, only 30% of family businesses last into the second generation, 12% remain viable into the third and only 3% operate into the fourth generation or beyond, which I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. Now, I don't know exactly what that compares to a non-family business, but I imagine those numbers are, are those are pretty eye-opening. So take us through that process. How can we avoid being one of those family businesses that does not transition well? Well, I mean, there can be good and good reasons why those percentages are low. I mean, it just didn't make sense. Right. Company was got too big for a family to maintain ownership and needed capital, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's meant to be, and I've seen those stats before, it's meant to be an eye-opener to the business owner because the family business owner generally never thinks they're going to have a problem with this. Right. Right. I've got my kids. They're going to be in the business or they are in the business. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of back off on actually doing any planning because they think they're fine, but they may not be fine. And then the other thing that happens a lot too, is you get a a nice size family business and and let's maybe say it's you and I are the second generation and we're running it. And maybe we have a sister too. So the three of us are running it and then we all have kids and then maybe one of yours is in and two of mine are in and three of hers are in. Keeping continuity at right. that point gets really difficult. What are the ownership percentages? Who's getting paid what? I mean, there's just it just gets complex to the point where a lot of times the family will say, let's just be easier if we just sold this. Got it. Well, that makes plenty of sense. But I mean, I'm sure there are some things that, you know, can be learned from those you know, not not the ones that had to sell because it just made sense, but also ones that just fail, I guess, in essence. So what what are some of those things that, you know, you've seen over time that people should, you know, spend more time working on so that they can avoid being one of those family businesses? Well, I, I would say there, there's a lot of different reasons why it can fail. I'm calling it a, a transition from, from one generation to the next. Right. I would say one of the more common reasons would be the the transferring generation is unable to let go, okay. right? 
they stick around. They still make all the decisions, even though they might call the, the daughter or son or whoever, right. you know, the president. They're not. They just kind of stand there, and, and eventually it just causes problems, kind of meltdowns. Sure. So that's a, that's a pretty common one. You know, sometimes the that transition, especially if it's a growing business that that needs a lot of ingenuity and things like that to keep going, keep growing. A lot of times, that next generation doesn't have the skill set and uh, the parents don't under, understand it or acknowledge that or believe it or whatever you want to, however you want to call it. Sure. <clears throat> they just don't understand that they, they don't, their kids can't do this. Right. Right. So that, that can cause problems. Right. Financially, I see a lot, especially with the smaller businesses where the amount of money, the transferring generation wants hamstrings the business to where it can't grow. And the next generation really can't make any money and the parents are basically still taking all the money. Got it. Right. Those are things, those are very common things that right. you have to kind of get in front of, you know, basically the, the parents will think it's, it's just, it's the easy button. So right. I got my kids in there and it's actually, I would say of the three we talked about <clears throat> transitioning to family employees or a third party family is by far the hardest. Got it. And it requires the most amount of planning and time spent making sure you don't screw it up. Sure. Okay. Well, let's talk about that process a little bit. Say you're someone, let's put ourselves in the shoe of someone that's trying to transition their business down to their family. What are some of the first couple of things that they should think about doing when when starting this process? Well, I mean, again, it always depends on what what age level the kids are, how long they've worked in the business. But, you know, it's an honest assessment of talent. Right. Making sure that that works. That's more on the ability of the next generation to run the business, whether it's family or otherwise. I have a lot of uh, I see a lot of times where the older generation doesn't really do a very good job of planning their retirement, their post business ownership finances. So getting that done before you really start any of this other stuff is important. So you really know where you're at, Mm -hmm. what kind of money you need from the sale of your business, because even if you're giving it to your kid, you're probably still taking some form of compensation out of that business for time. It's pretty rare where it's a literal, you know, hand over Here the keys for nothing. Getting all those things in order. That's why I say it takes, it kind of takes a long time. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different areas that need to be covered. If there's multiple children in the business, if there's, again, if you're down to generation three and there's chil- different children from, from generation two in there, you got to address what makes sense. What does it make sense for a generation three kid who's in the business to be able to be an owner right and do they pay for it are they given it they earn it i mean there's a lot of things you have to think about yeah those are a lot of things i imagine that would be a good time good as time as any to get a third party involved well i think but yeah that's a good point because it's pretty hard to do this without a third party involved because sometimes uncomfortable topics have to be discussed Mm -hmm. and the family member doesn't want to be the one to bring it up. Right. So I get to do that. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So that's something that I've always found super interesting and, and just kind of as an aside, but you know, this is a very similar conversation to the one that we had with Lisa Strutzel about transitioning family wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, similar in concept to where it's, Hey, you got to sit down, identify your values, identify what it is that kind of is your, you know, your guiding, you know, your guiding light in terms of what you want to accomplish as a family. And then you've got to be able to sit down and call out each other's BS. Right. Yeah. And, and so 
how often in these processes and these conversations do you find yourself kind of being a, a therapist in a sense? Oh, very often, very often. I mean, there's <clears throat> right now there, uh, there's, I have a, these things last a long time. So I've got one, a business that, that is a client that I'm helping with a, now a third party transition, but they had a son three different times came into the business to take it over and run it. Wow. Three different times it failed because they didn't really do any playing. They just kind of on a whim say, well, it's time. Let's try it again. Right. Right. Really think about how it was going to work and go over why and and, va- and value the company, however the finance is going to work, who's going to make the decisions, all that stuff. Right. So that failed three times. I've got a situation where I've got a father-son business where they have agreed to and think it's the best for all to sell it to a third party. Sure. Going through that. Then I've got a, a bigger one with a uh, like that Gen 2 to Gen 3 situation going on where we're sitting down and going through all these hard questions and how to handle this and just spending the time to do it right while before anybody's too old or gets sick or somebody dies, right? Right. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see how different people handle it. But I can just assure everybody who listens to this that if, if you have a family business and you want to keep it in the family, and even if you don't have kids working there yet, it's time to talk about it. Sure. So I would say one of the things that should be done is this is the plan, right? It's right. great to keep, if you've got a family, a successful family business, there's nothing better in the business world than that, if you ask me. Sure. I, I love them. I think they're incredible. I think I'm jealous of everybody right. who has a good one, right? But don't just assume you're going to be able to keep it in the family. That is your goal. And that should be discussed with everybody that this is the goal. But if it's not working out or whatever the reason, we have a plan B and a plan C. Right. Right. And this is what they are. Be transparent. And just, you know, the ownership generation, the one that owns it, needs to be in charge and explain this is this is it and this is why. And then let the let the kids come up through the business and see if they can properly handle the, the reins. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, <clears throat> and this is probably hard to say, but is there any guideline as far as, how early is early enough to begin that process? I mean, five years, 10 years. I, and I know it depends on the situation too, but is there any, like if I'm trying to think of the people out there listening to this right now, how, how many of them are, you know, listening to this and, and will hopefully say, wow, I should probably start this process. I'd say, even if I'm a business owner in my thirties with little kids, you're not gonna spend a ton of time and money right, right now, but you should have conversations about it. This, this, if that's your goal, you want your three-year-old to eventually go to college <laughs> 20 years from now, come in and, right. <clears throat> and work here. Right. Okay. Well, that's good, but you may not get there. So you still need to kind of plan for those other two potential outs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't just lay all your eggs in one basket, whatever the phrase right. you want to use. The, the whole idea of, of transition planning, it's less urgent, obviously when you're in your thirties or younger, but it becomes more urgent as time goes on. But having those discussions with somebody like me, right again, isn't a big expensive project, right? It's just kind of getting a little education and a better understanding of how things work and what you maybe could do to set yourself up better for what your ultimate goal is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it, it's, again, it sounds like it's so bizarre to me how many of these conversations sound similar, because even when we were talking about like estate planning or setting up a will or a trust, I mean, those are conversations that, you know, to your point, you can start in your thirties with little kids and then just make minor changes to it as stuff goes exactly. on. Think of it as like, it's a living doc. The, the, 
business transition plan is a living document. It, right. will, it will change, right. most likely. That document, your plan will change. Right. Expect it to. So don't wait till you have a gun to your head and you have to make a decision, right? right? I mean, be prepared and have, like you said, one, two, maybe three options. Yeah. Uh, if your three-year-old doesn't turn out to be the <laughs> superstar president that you want him to be of your company. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's go back a little bit in the process. So you said, you know, you, you mentioned figuring out how much income, you know, what, what you want to uh, make after retirement, right? What mm -hmm. you need to support your lifestyle. Ultimately, that's it, right? We just want right. to make sure that we can support the lifestyle we've become accustomed to. Or what lifestyle changes do I need to make? Sure. I really want to be done, right? Right. Yeah. So assume that we've gone through that process and I feel like I know what I need to what I need to make at least. And I'm ready to, and again, we're making a lot of assumptions, but assume I've got someone in the family that's ready to take over, you know, take the reins and, and kind of run the business. What, what next? You mentioned talent uh, assessments and kind of assessing your internal team. What, what are the next steps there? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different, for, for that particular assessing talents, there's different resources for that. Sure. Once you know you have you're okay as far as your management team and your whoever you put in charge, whatever kid you've got in charge, right. you're, you're okay there. You know, before you get to that point, you're probably working on, okay, well, the company's worth X, right? right? Do I need X to, to retire on or can I give some? So there might be some estate planning involved in this where you might sell part of it to the kid or kids and give part of it to them depending upon your situation. Or, okay. yeah, I might need every nickel – and I need to structure it in a way that makes sense from a tax standpoint. Right. So there's lots of different ways to structure these deals. There's lots of there's we can we can walk us through a couple whole, of are there a couple that could maybe take over take care of most of the situations or is no, it not even that everything's simple? different depends on what type of entity it is. It, there's okay. so many different factors. That's that's right. three separate podcasts on their own. Got it. Okay, <laughs> but that's why the planning is so important because you know I I don't know everything. I you know when these things get in in other details you bring in ex, you know tax expert right. or you bring in your lawyer or you right. bring in an insurance person whatever it is you just make sure that uh you're out in front of it got it okay um we'll assume that we've you know decided on on what the what the you know you know selling part of it and gifting part of it when, when would you gift part of it when when would you decide is, it, is that more tax beneficial or not well, that's probably more of an actual gift, meaning, okay. I, you know, I don't need all this money. I don't want to make my kid pay that much, right. make it easier on the company, easier for the company to survive. If there's a little bit of a downturn, right? right they're not maxing out payments to me because Got I it. don't need it. Right. Right. That doesn't happen that often. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I thought that maybe there was some uncle somewhere who was going to gift me, a, gift me a company. <laughs> it, it can happen. But, right. You know, not, not typically but the term usually the best part for the family there is you can sometimes keep the bank out of the deal by right. by having just being financed within the family yeah right you can play the bank as the as the owner as right. the exiting party right yeah, but you know that brings up a topic of one of the things that gets overlooked a little bit by business owners when they're thinking about this transition right let's say they're in their 60s and their kids in the 30s and they're great right mm -hmm. But kids in their 30s generally don't have a lot of money or a nice balance sheet. Right. The parent in their 60s does. Parent wants to sell and be done, get out, get the monkey off the back, get the bank off their back, all the risk off their back. But the company needs a line of credit. It needs a personal guarantee right. with the bank. Well, the, the parents can't get off that. Right. If, even if the kids are 
totally qualified to run the business. They're not qualified to take over the responsibilities with the bank. Right. <clears throat> so some of that, that, that can sometimes cause problems. That sometimes is why the family transition goes down a different path. It goes to a third party sale because the financially it doesn't work. Regardless if, if you've got the right person, if they make mm -hmm. sense, they know the business, mm -hmm. it's not, they just financially can't take on that, yeah. that burden. You can some, sometimes you'll see that turn into like a, a leveraged buyout, meaning they, uh, the parents, have uh get most of their money from from a sale to a third party right the kids still retain some ownership in running the business got it but they don't have 100 percent control anymore got it interesting there are a lot of different roads that can go down this is why the planning is so important yeah there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to soak in so you're this. telling me that there's more to your job than just an hour conversation with me probably <laughs> So and every situation is different, right? right. So it's, it's, it's what's so uh, interesting about it to me, but it's also like for us at, at Lutz, the usually almost all circumstances, the most valuable asset that our client has is the business, mm -hmm. right? So taking time and paying attention to how it's going to be handled. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm, you know, I preach that it's our number one job. So, in my mind, I, I would think that, you know, it would take years and years and years of working with someone to become trusted and build enough goodwill to help advise them through this process. That's probably not always the case. You've probably got people come, that come to us because they know that we offer this as a service. And, and, you know, your first experience with them is understanding their business to a point where you can then advise on the exit planning strategy. That's got to be kind of a different it, it experience. Is. I mean, a, a bigger company takes a longer time for somebody like me to get to know, to right. get to, to the point where you're able to give advice or you feel comfortable giving advice. Right. You know, a smaller business, that's usually a lot of the same issues come up and you, you know, it's not always the same, but you've run into it before. It's pretty easy to address it and kind of steer them towards a path. Once you hear what the business owner's goals are. Right. I would say most CPAs are qualified to do this if they'd spend the time to uh, learn a little bit more about it. Sure. Right. It's, it's perfect for a CPA. Right. It's, it's the perfect type of uh, consulting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine it is. If someone were interested in trying to, to, to figure out how to, you know, get into this in terms of a, as a profession or as a skill set, where would you recommend they go? There's two organizations that offer training that I know of, there's right. probably more, right. two that are kind of more well-known that offer training and certification. There's the Exit Planning Institute, which is the one that I went to for the Certified Exit Planning Advisor certification. And there's the business, I think it's called BEA. It's, uh, I've lost it right now, <clears throat> but uh, they do kind of the same thing and they have a different uh, credential, mm -hmm. but pretty similar as far as what they're teaching and how they go about it. Got it. Um, BEA, I think it's called. But most of these, I think either one of those organizations don't, you don't have to be a CPA. You don't right. have to be an attorney. Right. You just have to have a appetite for this stuff. So usually like the people that were in the class that I was in were, there were a few lawyers, there were some insurance people, some financial advisors. I believe I was actually the only CPA. Really? The class of like 30 some people when I went through it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I was going to say, I imagine right now is a, a, a good time for this because you look at, I think it's pretty interesting to look at kind of just the generational changes, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we've got a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of, a lot of people that are in that, you know, 55 to 65, 70 
you know, the, the <clears throat> baby boomer generation yeah. that is aging out of, of business. That, that is very true. I mean, that right. part of that training, they'll, they'll bludgeon you with those statistics. Right. And that's why this is such a good field is because there's so many businesses that are going to change hands. Right. You know, they're going to change hands and again, they're going to, it's either going to be, well, there, there is a fourth option. There's a third party sale. There's the employees, there's the family. Then there's, I'm out of business. Right. Yeah. yeah I shut her down. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. So avoiding the shutter down. So, you know, the business owner can get, get something out of it. There's a lot of opportunity there. Interesting. Cool. Any other advice on the topic or any other pieces of information you want to leave the listeners with regarding, you know, transitioning businesses and, and as exit planning? I think it's, it's deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the comment would be get, get in front of it, deal with it. I know it's uncomfortable sometimes. The longer you go, not dealing with it, the harder it's going to get. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah then you're there stuck trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Bill. Appreciate your time. Thanks, today. Jack. Yeah, you bet. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.